Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. September 7th, 2015. Sit back and enjoy your favorite episodes, starting with From McGill to the Sound of Prana with Paul Cousineau. Welcome to the Magnetic Lighthouse Podcast, where the spiritual learn how to shine their light and manifest their dreams. With your host and spiritual connector to all, Jamie Pritchard. The light is now on. Welcome to the Magnetic Lighthouse Worldwide Online Radio Show, Episode 4, From McGill to the Sound of Prana, with special guest Paul Cousineau. The light is now on. Hi, my name is Jamie Pritchard, founder of the Magnetic Lighthouse and your spiritual connector. Are you a spiritually minded individual or business owner who is having trouble either manifesting a great idea or you simply need to take your spiritual business to the next level, then I can help you. I've been leading individuals and groups and manifesting their spiritual purpose for over 20 years. I am launching a new spiritually-based business mastermind group. This is an intensive forum where spiritually-minded individuals and business owners just like you can take your ideas, hopes, and programs and share them with others in a group setting. Through my group facilitation and direction, you can expect not only to have your goals heard in a non-judgmental way, but you will receive direct feedback, support, action items, and most importantly, solid accountability from your spiritual business mastermind members. Space is limited, however, to eight members. If you are truly ready to manifest your spiritual purpose into reality, then contact me directly at jamiep at the Magnetic Lighthouse. Dot com. That's Jamie P. at TheMagneticLighthouse.com for more details. Now, let's get on with today's show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Magnetic Lighthouse Worldwide Online Radio Show, where we connect you, our spiritually-minded listeners, to the people, ideas, and programs that you need to manifest your dreams into reality. I am your producer, host, and spiritual connector, Jamie Pritchard. I am very excited about tonight's show for three reasons. First, our guest, Paul Cousineau, was faced with an interesting choice a little over a year ago, and we're going to learn more about that in a few minutes. Second, he comes here bearing free gifts, so be sure to stick around after the interview to find out how you can claim yours. Finally, because we are coming live, you will have the opportunity to speak to Paul directly. Listen carefully for how you can do that. But just before we get to Paul, it's time for our magnetic moment. The magnetic moment is the part of our show where I will share some thoughts, ideas, and perhaps a bit of wisdom on our show's theme. This segment is intended to get you, our spiritually minded listeners, engaged and present in the show, and we hope disengaged from some of the temporary chaos that may be going on around you and perhaps even inside you. So I want you to take a deep, meditative breath, relax, 
close your eyes and simply listen to my words and voice. Tonight's theme is about balance. I would like to share with you an interesting quote that I posted this week on Facebook. Balance is not better time management, but better boundary management. Boundary means making choices and enjoying those choices. When we usually think of balance, the images that come to mind, for me, is a seesaw with a stuck in the middle of it, standing on the seesaw. On either end of the seesaw is the many tasks we both want to complete and need to complete. Balance is this, in this sense is about making sure nothing falls off or is left undone, but inevitably we do let things fall off and our life gets out of balance. One end of the seesaw seems to always win. And more often than not, it seems to be the end of responsibility and obligations, not the end of our own wants and desires. But true balance, as our quote suggests, is about setting boundaries and making choices. In this scenario, imagine, if you will, that you are standing in a field by yourself. Now draw a large chalk circle around yourself. This is your boundary. You are alone in the circle and you now get to choose what and who you let in. Imagine there's an invisible barrier where no one can get in that's surrounding the whole circle and the only things that can get through that barrier is those that you choose to let in. There are still the same choices, same obligations and responsibilities, wants, desires and needs, but now you choose what to let in and what to leave out. This means you get to say yes to many things, but more importantly, you also get to say no. Imagine how liberating that can be. You are setting the boundaries and you are letting in what you want to let in. You are a complete choice. Some of you may say that this is simply not realistic. We are not a choice at all. To this, I would say you're dead wrong. We are always at choice no matter what is going on outside of us. When I start a coaching relationship with a client, one of the key questions I ask is, what are you saying yes to? Usually they tell me I'm saying yes to my responsibilities and obligations, to my family, to my job, my career, to what I should be saying yes to. Then I ask them, what are you saying no to? Usually there's a long pregnant pause here because they have not really thought about this question. You see, when you are saying yes to anything, no matter what it is, you are already automatically saying no to something. Usually we say no to things that are really important to us, our spiritual purpose, our hopes, our dreams, and possibly our destiny. Ask yourself right now, what am I saying yes to in my life? And as a corollary, what, I, what am I then saying no to? Think about the seesaw and the chalk circle. Where are you in that picture? Is that where you want to be? What different choices might you need to make? Think about that for a moment. This has been your magnetic moment. All right, we're going to be right back with my guest, Paul Cousineau, and we will explore the choices he made to arrive where he is today and how he set some boundaries and said yes to his destiny. But first, a short break. 
If you have been inspired or received some great ideas from our show, then why not continue to receive them throughout the week? Hi, I'm Jamie Pritchard, your spiritual connector, and I want to invite you to become a Lighthouse Insider. As a Lighthouse Insider, you will receive direct notification of our upcoming podcasts, special offers and discounts exclusive to Lighthouse Insiders, and inside information on upcoming and past guests, plus much, much more. To become a Lighthouse Insider, go to the Magnetic Lighthouse on Facebook and simply click on our sign-up button and complete the information. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. All right, we're back live now with uh, Paul Cousineau. And I thought I was going to uh, introduce uh, Paul with a formal bio, but I want to spend as much time as uh, we can learning about Paul and his journey um, into the sound of Krana. Uh, Paul, welcome to the Magnetic Lighthouse. How are you tonight? Oh, hi, Jamie. I'm doing fantastic. Um, I'm really happy to be here with you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, Paul... You have training as an as an accountant and had a very high-powered position um, with a very prestigious firm before you made your big decision. Can you tell our listeners what you were doing at that uh, time before you made your big decision? Sure. sure. So my so, background is uh, training as a chartered accountant, and I worked with Ernst & Young as an auditor, and I audited different levels of uh, clients such as uh, municipalities, uh, government, but I also work with some of the startups in the Ottawa area. And I left Ernst & Young because I wasn't being fulfilled by it. And at the time, I thought that more money as well as a stronger career path would be the answer. So I moved to a satellite company that was doing international business. And then I was helping them with different projects that they had going there, such as some joint venture agreements with uh, international manufacturers and big satellite providers. What was going on inside of you at this time? Had the idea of um, doing something completely different even entered the your consciousness? Well, it, uh, it kind of came at the last minute. Really, I knew that things were not going very well in my life, although everything indicated that it was. Uh, I mean, I was building a good relationship and I was engaged. I was also having a salary that was almost increasing by 50% every year. And, and I mean, I, I really had everything going. But on the other hand, I was noticing that physically there was some oddities that were happening. One of them is I couldn't bear to feel my own skin. And by what I mean is, like, I would, like, when it got really bad, I literally would keep my hands open so that I wouldn't steal them. And picking okay. up objects would start to feel uncomfortable. So I knew there was something going on there. It sounds like you were uh, feeling disconnected. Yeah, yeah, because really what was happening is that, you know, the story that I had bought was get the house, which I did. Uh, build that relationship and get married, which I was almost going to be doing, and get the money and get the goods, and you've kind of had the dream life. But So my logical mind was saying, hey, you're really happy. But then deep down inside, I was being crushed by the anxiety. I was being crushed by the stress. 
And there was other things that kind of uh, didn't make me feel too good. Uh, some of it is uh, there had been a special documentary on Vice about one of their shareholders. And right. when I saw that documentary, it was atrocities that were being shown. And I'm like, whoa, I'm working for this guy? Oh, okay. So there were some things that were going against your moral code, maybe? Yeah. But I, but yeah. again, like okay. when it was happening, I, I didn't really realize that that's what, what it was until I started to feel really bad inside and I was uh, hurt and I was also feeling a lot of anger. There was a lot of rage that was kind of starting to rise in me. And then I knew that I had to do something. And that's where I resorted to my old belief model. And I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe it's just because I'm not at the right place. I don't have enough influence or something like that. So why not study law, which is when I decided to apply it in McGill. Okay. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, the things that you, that you talk about is typically um, when we... Um, follow um do you do you feel i guess uh, i guess one thing that i think is uh, i i see a lot of clients that are doing what they feel is expected of them is that what you felt you were doing oh for sure for sure i mean family friends what i was seeing even on tv what i was taught in school what my employers were like everyone were giving me these messages and i figured well this is what i have to do right so the um, so the idea of uh, being a chartered accountant was that your idea or somebody else's idea? Well, it's uh, it's kind of strange because uh, that came over uh, pizza, uh, meaning that I was in college and when I went to college I didn't know what I would do, so I decided to study business. I thought you can do pretty much anything with that, and then there was a free lunch for pizza. I went to that. It was the chartered accountants that were offering it. And once they explained what it was, I'm like, wow, I can see myself doing that. And for me, what was drawing me in was more the money, the power, the reputation. So because I didn't know much more, you know, where I wanted to do, I decided to follow that track. And it feels like once you're engaged, well, after four years of study, are you really going to quit <laughs> when you only have to finish a few years of internship, you know, and there's always seems to be that next step where you feel like if you don't take it, you're going to lose everything, all the effort that you put into it to get there. Right. And what you seem to be describing is something that I, I hear a lot of is uh, people, uh, people not wanting to give something up. It's almost like um, a map has been drawn for them and this is the path you have to, uh, you have to follow. For sure. And what I found, and this is, was one of my biggest discovery, is that actually you have to learn to give things up. And giving up doesn't necessarily mean that you lost your time, that you lost your resources, or anything like that, or that you made an, an error or a mistake. Giving up means that you have clarity into what you want now, given everything that you've experienced, that you've developed, and all your, everything that you've grown into. So for me, when I was, again, going to uh, apply to McGill and I decided that that opportunity wasn't for me, in a way, I felt like I was giving up everything. But in another 
I was actually bringing all the resources and the determination and all of those skills that I had acquired to a different use. So you, uh, what you talked about is when you said giving up, it's not a sense of surrender, but giving up some things. It's not unlike the choices I was talking about in uh, in balance, making different oh, yeah. choices. Is that what you mean? Yeah, for sure. I I totally agree with that. And I think even when we try to go into balance, it's like sometimes we decide, oh, wait, this opportunity specifically is not for me. And that might just mean even not going on a vacation where everyone you know are going to. Well, that's right. giving up something, but then it's inviting something else in your life. And once right. you take that other decision, then that also invites something else. And I think you mentioned the the seesaw. Yeah. You know, so as as it gets like really uh, weighted towards one side, then I feel that's when we're invited normally to consider are we holding on to something that doesn't serve us at this moment? Is there something that we could be giving up that would really benefit us and everyone else? So when when you so if you you went to um, so you were not happy in the uh, the world that you were you were in in accounting, and the the next logical step for you seemed to me go go to McGill. So you applied to uh, law school. And then you got um, you got the answer back. And when was that? How long ago was that? So when I got the answer was in uh, January 2012. Okay. And uh, it's it's quite interesting how it happened because I got the answer by email first, and then the lo- the letter followed. And okay. they were only supposed to uh, announce who they were accepting about in February or March. And they sent me a special email with a special letter, and they said, you're a fantastic candidate, and we really want you in the program, so we're even admitting you before we receive all the applications. And wow. when I got the letter, <laughs> that's when it really hit me. And I actually never opened the physical letter. I never even opened it. Because when I received it, I felt sick, so, and that's when it hit me. What and happened? I said, what, happened? what? So, what was going on in your mind? Well, I think that uh, I realized in that moment where I took the letter, where this was going to bring me, and what it was, it was dark and it was bad, and that's when I really realized that my life was falling apart, and I had almost one of those flash moments where everything seems to come together. And I realized that my relationship with my friends was very poor. My uh, relationship with my fiancé had fallen apart a few months before that. I was uh, still struggling with the house situation. I wasn't on top of it. I wasn't happy with what I was doing during the day. And it seemed that I realized, wait a minute, you got to take charge of your life Otherwise, this is just going to give you more of whatever is making you sick. Okay. And when when that that visceral reaction happened, that's when I couldn't ignore it anymore. Like, I mean, I I'm pretty sure I was literally puking that day. It was so, so intense. The physical responses to the 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 uh, the unsettled feeling that you feel inside. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and it's and it was one of those determining moments where it said, "What are you going to be doing?" And I had listened to uh, some podcasts, and I had been reading the uh, Book of the Dead from Tibet uh, uh-huh. on the side. And I'm not even entirely sure how I got on on that whole bandwagon, but I had <laughs> been exploring this. And, I mean, I had never read the Book of the Dead or uh, other Eastern traditions before that, you know. But it, somehow I, I had felt compelled to do that. And I heard on one of the uh, podcasts, it was uh, on the Joe Rogan experience, and yeah. one of the guests had gone to Peru and had done a ceremony with uh, ayahuasca medicine, which is uh, traditional medicine there. Yeah. And he said that he purged all the illnesses that were in his life and he saw more clearly and that person had changed his name he he really changed his name when he came back home because the change was so okay. profound and then yeah. for whatever reason i thought i have to go in the amazon and meet these shamans i have to do some type of work there so you you went and you told your your mother and uh, when I first talked to you, you, uh, you you told your mother, if you could tell the audience, uh, the listeners, uh, what you said to your mother before you uh, gave her the news. Oh, yeah. Well, when when I was uh, about to announce the news, I said, oh, hey, mom, I have a great news and I have a weird news. <laughs> what are, okay, let's start with the, the good news. And then I said, I just got accepted in law for uh, at McGill. This is fantastic. And then she was excited. And I mean, I can just imagine how proud she was. And I said, right. but what's the weird news? And then I said, well, actually, I'm not going to go and study law. And instead, I'm going to be going in the Amazon jungle in search of a shaman healer to try and change my life. And that also means that I'm going to be quitting my job as well as just kind of borrowing money on a line of credit and hoping that the bank won't seize my house. Really? You're kidding, yeah. right? So uh, so you can imagine the reaction, right? Uh, even to this day, I'm not entirely sure that it's been uh, fully processed, nor do I expect her uh, to do that. But uh, it's it's trying to understand, you know, and our discussions have been mainly about, well, I don't fully get it, but if this is something that is bringing you good and that is helping you, then I support you in that. So, Paul, why why not just, you know, if you, if you had some doubts, why not just take a few months off uh, before you start uh, McGill and uh, try to, you know, even if you wanted to spend some time in the shamans, why make the decision to cut all those ties? What was it about uh, about that? Why did you have to feel? Why did you feel that you had to do that? You had to make that decision. Well, it's funny you ask that, Jamie, because now uh, you remind me of my mom's response. <laughs> oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, because she was saying, "Oh, maybe you can postpone your decision for McGill, and you don't have to choose now." And it was all these different things. But for me, uh, I realized that I was at a do-or-die junction. And I like my illnesses that I was hiding from everyone uh, made it that 
going outside once it was like five o'clock, I was terrorized of walking outside. Oh, okay. So it was a form of uh, agoraphobia, but it didn't have to be with a lot of people, just being by myself. Like I said, I couldn't even like feel my own skin. And I was feeling deep fear, anger, and anxiety in every single second of my life. And I didn't know what would come out of that. And it didn't feel like it was good. And I also realized that if I didn't do a full-in commitment right now, I may not be strong enough to do that later. So that's why that I chose to go to Peru. I booked the flight. I organized uh, to meet uh, with uh, the journalist uh, Peter Gorman and go on an extreme trek. And I said, once I'm on the plane, then I'm there. I have no other options but to go forward with this. It's right. almost like I set myself up so that I couldn't fail and that I, w- I was forced into doing it. You know, and, and uh, I think the one thing that you describe in uh, a lot of what I find uh, individuals that uh, make choices to, to cut ties and uh, actually uh, move forward is that they're, they're, they're making a decision. Uh, and uh, there, there was a story, and I can't, uh, there was a story once about um, a military exercise uh, that the uh, uh, British uh, Navy um, uh, did. Uh, they were trying to, in the Caribbean, and uh, it's called burning your ships. So what they basically did is the men got onto the island and uh, he instructed a couple of them to burn the ships. So they had to win that battle. There was no retreat. And it sounds to me like you showed that same amount of uh, of courage. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, a really good uh, graphic example and. Uh, Real life uh, story at a, I would say, at a greater magnitude. But that, that's pretty much how I did it. And this has been part of my recipe for success. And this is what I've started to share with people, is that in every single moment that you have, you can make that decision and change everything, change the entire course. But you have to be committed. You have to be determined. And if you don't trust yourself then you can change your environment and make sure that you don't have the option, just kind of like you were saying, by burning the ships. Then you have no other option. Right. Wow. So how were you introduced to the sound of prana? And for, for our listeners, um, actually, maybe you can explain it better than I, I would be able to. What is prana? So prana on a more esoteric concept is the life force, that comes in us and that sustains us. So depending on your belief system, that could be uh, just kind of like the food that you eat and that gives you energy. Or for some other people, it would be that force that comes from the universe that creates consciousness and all forms of life. But uh, a lot of the people know it as breath. So prana is associated with breathing what keeps you alive. Okay. And I, and I, I understand that um, certainly coming from a, um, being raised and coming from a Christian background, but in, in a lot of religions, uh, the word spirit is actually derived from the uh, Latin word spiritus, which means to breathe. Simply. Yes. And uh, we're talking about the, good. Okay. So, so the, 
go go ahead. Yeah, so uh, the concept of prana for me, I associate that almost as that festivity, but being not being forced to uh, take extreme actions and letting life live in you. It doesn't mean letting yourself being pushed over, but there's almost kind of like a softness to it, kind of like a tree that goes with the wind and, and bends a little bit with it. While the other concept, which is, sound is for me a very energetic concept and that is your intention your determination sound is the vibration that carries your messages and what you're intending to create everywhere around you in your reality and that's what you use to shape your life so when we go back to the example of the ships well sound is the principle that would actually enable you to burn those ships to ensure the victory. Right. And then the merger of these two concepts is that kind of like pushing, doing, and manifesting while also acknowledging that everything exists in and of itself and that you don't necessarily need to always be uh, molding your reality and that's where we go back to the concept of balance in that seesaw. Um, it sounds more like a, a sense of uh, just accepting the way things uh, things are. I know, in for example, in uh, uh, Buddhist uh, philosophy, uh, one of the uh, four noble truths is that um, there is pain and suffering, and that's just the way. That's what it what is, and it's more of an acceptance acceptance of that fact. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yes, but I would add a nuance. And okay. for me, it's, there's pain, but there's not necessarily suffering. If you accept a painful situation, let's say you injure your leg, but you're able to accept it and then yep. make the necessary adjustments with your mental game as well as physically, then okay. you don't have to be suffering. But if in every second you're thinking, ah, why did I hurt my leg? Why is it? And then you become angry at it. Then you're out of balance and now you're suffering. And this right. is not something that is uh, automatic in your life. You don't need to be suffering. So were you introduced to the idea of the sound of prana while you were in uh, Peru? Yeah. Yeah, I was, but I didn't know it. So when I was in the Amazon, a lot of the uh, shamans that I worked that used the ayahuasca medicine from the jungle, uh, they were based around working with my anger, working with my fears, as well as creating my reality. But they were singing throughout the work that we did together. And they call those Icaros. And they say that by the songs, that is actually what is healing you. And I could okay. feel my structure being influenced by those songs as I spent more and more time there. But right. then when I worked in the Andes, uh, a lot of the work with the Andean shamans was doing different breath exercises for like all night, for several nights, for over a month. And that was the concept of prana. And then when I came back home, I knew that I was a person that was transformed. I saw all the rage and the pain and the anger that had been in me, that was transmuted, that was changed into that fashion. And I wanted to offer this 
to other people. So then I undertook a training to be able to combine sound as well as uh, breathing technique to help people discover what had helped me. And that was the foundation of Sound of Brennan. So Paul, when you came back, uh, I know in a lot of uh, a lot a lot of uh, cases when somebody um, separates themselves the way that you did, and basically you closed the book. Um, we already talked about burning the burning the ship. Made sure that there was uh, no retreat. What was coming back like for you? Um, I mean, you're you're in a different place. You're a changed person. You've spent several months uh, months away. You found out new things about about yourself, but you still had um, some things to uh, to deal with. How do you integrate yourself back into your life and society, your friends, your family, or did you? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, what happened for me is that before I left to Peru, I had met a woman, and uh, we had started a relationship, although it was a very, uh, it was a, a big time of change for me, you know. But when I came back, uh, I ended up moving at her house. Like, she literally picked me up from the airport and brought me to her house, which was in the forest. And it took me probably six, seven months until I was able to actually get a job because I was not able to function and relate uh, as efficiently and and really be productive in the context of our society. Like I was still wrapping my mind around everything that was, had happened and integrating those concepts. And she was very uh, determined and a strong person. Like she, I think she's the person that has the strongest will that I've, I've ever seen. So that gave me the opportunity, uh, almost sometimes pushing me into the opportunity to rebuild okay. myself. Okay. And then what happened? And, uh, so then I ended up getting a job uh, still in accounting because then I was full of debt and I, I started to need it to pay the creditors. And uh, that was facing reality. But the job as an accountant was for a not-for-profit organization. So I felt much better about my contribution and what I was doing with my time. And in parallel to that, I knew that this job now was fueling the dream of Sound of Prana. So I was undertaking rigorous training uh, every week, you know, evenings and during the weekends. And I would be traveling in the States, doing online and then I train in all these different techniques. So uh, how to work in a ceremony, understanding more what shamanism was. Uh, right. I did a program for uh, breath therapy, the sound. And then at the end of that, the combination was the coaching program that I took. And that gave me a means to bring all this together in a current structure and a a central pillar. And that was only a few months ago. So all the journey started in 2012. And now uh, in, uh, I believe it was start of, yeah, start of June was when I left that accounting job to be uh, full-time working with Sound of Prana. And again, it was an interesting decision point that happened because one of the main reasons why I left that job is because I got a promotion. 
<laughs> you got a promotion, so you left the job. Yeah, even my boss said, well, is there something that we could have done different? I'm like, well, it's kind of weird, but maybe if I didn't get a promotion, I would have stuck. And what I mean by that is when I got promoted and being offered more money, more responsibility, et cetera, I realized that, well, you know what? With Sound of Prana, it was taking a lot of my time as well, and I was seeing how I was able to contribute to enable people to transform their lives, and that was taking more time. So I, I saw that juncture point, and I said, either you're going to be committing more energy to this accounting gig because yeah. of the promotion, or you're going to make a decisive action and decision, and you're really going to go towards your dream, which is down the front. So again, the same pattern from 2012 happened where I had to burn that ship. Well, and and what I'd really like to to um, point out is you you are making conscious uh, choices, um, and uh, not unlike the the boundaries um, you were talking about the seesaw at the beginning. It sounds like you made a decision to draw a circle around yourself, and uh, you were going to make decide who and what you let in. Am I putting yeah, words in your mouth? Lot of it, yeah, and and the thing is, a lot of it has to do with community as well. It's like who are the people that I'm letting in and that I trust and that I, I want to be cooperating with and collaborating to be building this dream, you know? And the other one is also, well, what do I want to do with my time and my energy? And right. do I want to let these fears that are holding me back? Like the main reason why I was still staying in that accounting job was, well, if I lose that paycheck every two weeks, what will happen? Will I be starving? Will I lose all of my property? Will this happen? You know, and I was going through all those scenarios, and I decided to refuse that fear. I don't want that in my life, and I don't want that to hold me back. So I took that decision, and I and I did not let it go in my circle. Paul, we're we just got to have a little bit more time. Couple of things. One. If you could, one thing that you've learned from uh, your uh, from your travels, from that decision not to go to McGill and uh, go in, what could you tell our listeners who are struggling to make a choice to follow their dreams? What I have what to tell you is to listen to your body. Really take the time and be with yourself and see how you're feeling right now. And there's there's no reason to wait for that. And the answers are all inside of us, and that means that you also have the answers inside of you if you decide to listen. Does it take a lot of uh, time? I, I can remember uh, at one point um, in uh, my career I was in a... Uh, in the financial services, and that if somebody were to say, listen to my body, the first reaction I would say is, I don't have time. <laughs> that would be really <laughs> nice to do, but I don't have the time. And the advice that um, a mentor gave me at that uh, time was um, five friggin' seconds. That's all it takes. If you can't, If you don't think you have the time, then just take five seconds. Take a deep breath. Just take whatever time you think you can afford. 
And oddly enough, I did that. I I had a drive home, and uh, it and uh, I found that um, the the advice that you're talking about sometimes that's difficult to do. But even just taking the step toward it and um, giving yourself a little bit of time, whether it be five seconds, a minute, or two minutes, you'll find that you feel better, and then you want to spend more time, and you seem to find the time. Did you find that too? Yeah. yeah, even for me, even, when, when I teach uh, meditation to people, they're like, oh, I can't meditate, I can't do that. And I say, even 15 seconds, you know, 15 seconds, take a deep breath. And, and this is actually a technique that uh, I've shared with a lot of people. And it takes three to five deep breaths and relax on the exhale and then continue whatever you're doing. Don't have any expectation. But if you just learn to do that during your day, it might be, Hey, before you're eating your lunch, you consciously take three breaths and then you continue preparing your lunch. But the other one that I find can be very powerful for the listeners, and that's because you mentioned the, the car, is if you're driving in a commute, put off the radio. Don't have any kind of sound coming in. Uh, don't listen to podcasts. Don't do any of that. Just be in your car while you're commuting and you will start to notice how your body is feeling especially okay. if you're in a traffic jam <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure many of us are out there from ottawa montreal uh, all over uh toronto uh yeah okay um well, yeah, I would say if, if you can't find the uh, traffic jam, we can we can set that up. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> okay, Paul, we've only got a few minutes left, so I, I I'd like to ask. So, how can people get a hold of you if they want to uh, learn more about the uh, Sound of Prana and the work that uh, you're doing? How can they get a hold of you? So, there's a few different ways. The oh. number one way is through my website which is uh, www.soundofprana.ca. The other is that you can send me an email, which is uh, paul, P-O-L, and I'll just repeat because it confuses people. So it really is P-O-L at soundofprana.ca. And I'm also on Facebook under Sound of Prana, as well as Paul Cousino, and I have a Twitter as well as a YouTube account where there's a regular video blogs that are being posted there. So those oh. would be the, the best means. Okay. Now, before we get to the um, – uh, did you want to talk about the offer uh, before we uh, get to callers or let people know how to connect? Yeah, well, uh, let's just make sure that they can uh, have access to this. And okay. for the uh, special bonus for the listeners as well as the uh, Sound of Prana uh, collaborators that uh, are online right now listening to us, uh, if you just go to uh, the URL soundofprana.ca forward slash TML for the Magnetic Lighthouse, and we will be posting that link as well on uh, the yep. Facebook event, and perhaps you want to uh, let them know where else they'll be able to to find the link. Yeah, uh, I'll they will receive. That. I'll go ahead. Yeah, we can add that for sure. 
Okay, so we'll we'll make sure that you have that link. So soundofprana.ca for the magnetic lighthouse, and you're gonna be having a, a little guide that I prepared for you, which is four ways to improve your sleep. Because what I realized is that the quality of your sleep impacts everything else you're doing during the day, and that has an impact on your performance, on your mood, your emotions which then has an impact on your relationships, on the way that you eat, how you feel about yourself, and going back to that ability of listening. Okay. So uh, I really want to uh, help the listeners with uh, with uh, helping them to sleep better. Okay. Okay. So, if, again, that's uh, www.soundofprana.ca slash tml. And uh, that's a is that like an audio file then, Paul? Well, what happens is once they get there, uh, they just put in uh, uh, their contact to receive an email download, and okay. it'll be a PDF. Okay. And then they have all the instructions there, but they also have my contact information. So okay. what I like with this is that if people want clarity and they're looking for something a bit more specific, then they can also get in touch with me through the uh, contact information on that PDF. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. If you want to talk to Paul directly, now is your chance. Uh, if you have uh, not called in uh, yet, uh, you can call into our live number. Now, this is a U.S. number. Uh, you can dial in if you've got a long-distance package at 347 850 Alternatively, and Paul uh, taught me this, uh, if you have uh, Google Mail or you're on Google Hangouts and have the necessary software, you can click on the bottom left-hand corner, um, the telephone, and you can dial in through, uh, through Google. Once you connect, um, you will show up on our uh, switchboard, and uh, you just have to press 1 on your phone, and that will indicate that you uh, want to uh, ask a question. So while we're waiting for to see if uh, callers uh, will connect, uh, what I did and I is um, I had I posted a couple of questions to some of uh, my uh, insiders, uh, the lighthouse uh, insiders who unfortunately couldn't make it, and uh, they had a couple of questions. The first question is uh, from uh, um, Rita in uh, Oregon. Um, Paul, how does the use of sound impact your life now? Oh, that's a really uh, powerful question. So one of it is that I use it for my own meditation because I find that, again, listening is challenging with everything that's around me. But when I'm using sounds such as a Himalayan bowl, or my favorite one is the didgeridoo, then it gives something that distracts my mind from all of those thoughts. And then it's also my tool that I use with my community. So I use sound a lot to expose people to what is happening in their body. And what I mean by that is if I offer a massage with the vibrations of an instrument, right. Right. each person reacts differently, including myself, as I'm playing. So it can make people laugh, it can make you angry, it can make you all of those different feelings. And then that's a reflection of what is going on inside so I use it to present that mirror to others as well as to look into it myself. Okay. 
Um, we don't have any callers calling in, but I do have another uh, question here from uh, Lori in uh, Vancouver. Paul, uh, why South America and specifically Peru? Ooh, that's, uh, I, I think one of them is because I was just pointed in that direction. It seemed like all the elements for that journey to happen uh, came into place, like I mentioned, the uh, Joe Rogan Experience podcast and the guests that right. had gone to Peru. And then the other one is when I looked up where I could go work with the uh, shamans from the Amazon, uh, it seemed like the uh, the trip that I found with the journalist was perfect for me. It was very extreme. It seemed like it would be making me face all of my fears. And it didn't appear to be like a tourist resort, which is not what I was going for if I wanted to achieve that transformation. Thanks for listening. Be sure to head on over to our Facebook page to see our episode posts, upcoming blogs, and sign up for our Lighthouse Insider newsletter. It is better on the inside. Catch you next time at the Magnetic Lighthouse. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.